0: Let me describe failure adept at selling feature functionality, but struggle to translate how technical capabilities result in tangible business outcomes for their customers. Sell to IT and procurement departments, not line of business owners aren't comfortable speaking the language of the customer and have limited vertical industry knowledge. Draft and propose theoretical ROI calculations. They have no real idea if the customer will actually achieve the ROI, spend a majority of their time with existing account relationships and little time building new relationships within the lines of business, rarely seek best practices in selling from outside their immediate geographic region. Yes, those are the attributes of a technology sales force that is doomed to fail in tomorrow's technology marketplace. I'm Thomas Law. The executive director of the technology and services industry association welcome to the eighth episode of our 10-part series on the have and have-nots of the technology industry for this episode we are going to discuss the changing role of the technology salesforce for those listeners not familiar with tsia we are a for-profit research institute We track the financial performance of the largest publicly traded technology providers on the planet. More importantly, we perform deep operational benchmarking with the technology companies that are on the TSIA platform. It is that data that informs the insights you will hear in this series. Today, Steve Frost will be joining me again. He helped me kick this series
1: off. Steve, can you reintroduce yourself to the listeners? Sure, thank you, Thomas. I'm Steve Frost. Um, I'm TSIA's Vice President and Managing Director for Revenue Research and Advisory. Uh, I've been in the technology industry since the dawn of the millennium, and I've done just about everything you can do for technology companies to help them make money.
0: Steve, uh, you and I both believe the role of the technology sales rep is changing, and, and that change is being driven by two significant factors. Number one, this shift from product differentiation to value realization. And number two, the fact that software is eating sales cycles. Let's start with the first trend. Can you describe this pivot to value realization?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, when I started in technology sales, clear back in 1998, sales reps really needed to understand the speeds and feeds, uh, the product they were selling. And it was mostly the IT buyers. So we closed business by having products with unique technical capabilities. But today that focus is far more on business outcomes. How does your solution deliver specific business value to the customer? And I'm not talking about theoretical ROI that the customer never realizes. Today's sales reps need to be able to sell business value that is actually delivered. And this means sales reps must have a deeper understanding of the customer's business environment than they ever did before.
0: Okay, Steve. And let's click into the second fact, right? Software eating sales cycles. What is going on there?
1: Just like every aspect of the modern workplace, tasks that can be replaced by software, automation, and AI are being migrated over and that's how people are handling it. Now, what does that mean to sales? Well, it starts with educating the customer. Marketing campaigns, websites, chatbots, free trials, freemium offers, etc. These are all tools that educate the customer on company solutions. And we know that customers want to self-educate. They don't wanna call a sales rep if they can try the product for free on their own. And then once the customers are on a technology platform, then the platform itself can unfold new offers to the customer that can be purchased with just a click. And of course, automatically renewing a customer subscription is becoming a preferred practice.
0: Yeah, so many of the traditional sales activities are becoming you know, either irrelevant or just low, lower value. Uh, but, but we don't believe sales is an irrelevant function in tech, no. right? Quite no, the contrary, no. right? We believe strongly that sales executives need to be value brokers. They are connecting the capabilities of their company and their partners to the business challenges of customers to deliver business outcomes for those customers. So So, so paint the picture for us, Steve. How should a technology sales executive be spending their time?
1: Well, you know, first of all, they should be spending their time on doing the things that nobody else can do and can't be automated. So you're really playing the role of the value broker. And sales reps are spending their time developing expertise. And we think three really critical areas. One, developing a deep understanding of the business environment of their customers, not just a, you know, a tangential surface level one, like understanding their business environment. And the way you do that is number two, understanding the customer success metrics or their KPIs. If you know what makes your customer successful, then you can tie your offering to their business outcomes. Because number three, understanding the business outcomes of your customer's company and your buyer and buyer persona that you can consistently deliver on and help them. Now in this model, sales reps are not approaching every customer like a snowflake with unique problems that will require a custom proposal. Instead, they're taking on the role of a value broker. And that's a really important concept because they have the ability to confidently, concisely and quickly recognize value opportunities within a customer environment that can be solved by their specific solutions. And they'll do this based on knowledge of the value that has been delivered for other customers that are in a similar situation. So within customer accounts, value brokers will build these deep relationships and deep knowledge with line of business owners. And then value brokers with proven tax records that have previously recommended solutions that again have actually delivered value, they're gonna be very difficult to displace because customers are not gonna want to abandon that sort of strategic relationship. And here's the thing, if sales gets this right, customers are going to be seeing their technology provider in a whole new light. All right. They're now the subject matter expert that they count on for their business insights and their business practices and best practices, not just technical insights. When you can do this, you know, there's the age old question how do I go from just a supplier to being a strategic partner? Well, that's the secret. You align to their business outcomes.
0: Yeah, and I think, Steve, you are a strong advocate for the concept that growing existing customers has become a team sport. The model where the sales account exec says, hey, hey I, I own the customer, right? Yeah. I, I've got this. is becoming dated and, and suboptimal. So can you describe how some of the other account roles sales reps should expect you know, to be interacting with you know, to grow customers effectively?
1: Yeah, I know. When somebody tells me, you know, I want one throat to choke, it's kind of like, well, here, let me give you my pager then, because both of those are concepts straight out of the 90s. So let's at least match them up, right? Let's set the stage here. The sales executive needs to focus their efforts on unlocking new value streams with the customer. And that means spending their time actually understanding the business challenges of the customer and navigating more complex sales that involve multiple stakeholders By the way, those are both internal and external stakeholders, multiple buyers, all of those folks. And that means that other account activities should be migrated to different account resources. And here's some examples of some of those other customer-facing roles that can help systematically grow the account. First of all, we see overlay specialists or some sort of specialist. And these are expert in the measurable, consistent outcomes that customers are hoping to achieve. And they may have a deep expertise in a particular vertical or market segment and understand how your customer measures success and speaks their language. But they're usually overlay reps, meaning they come in to assist account executives with their sale. And according to the TSIA subscription revenue effectiveness benchmark survey, when companies employ business outcome specialists, growth rates jump seven percentage points on average. So that's number one. Number two is digital advisors. These are experts in the area of digital transformation. And the role is designed to help customers with continuous process improvement. Then we have customer success managers. And I get a lot of questions, Thomas, on like how do sales and customer success work together? What are the bounds? What are the, what are, what are the swim lanes? But the important thing to remember is this, value realization doesn't stop when a contract is signed. That's where it begins. And the customer success role is typically responsible for developing customer relationships that promote retention and loyalty. And their job is to work closely with customers to make sure they are successfully leveraging and using the products and services your company offers to achieve their business objectives. Now, we did a paper comparing the responsibilities of the CSM role to the sales account manager role. Our members should grab that from our website. then finally, we see renewal specialists, sometimes helping CSMs too, but they're responsible for ensuring customers renew their contractual relationships with you. And for more on this role, get the paper renewal specialist. Is it a sales role or a service role? But again, growing technology as a service customers is a team sport. When a sales rep doesn't understand that fact, they're only hurting themselves. And they're hurting their companies if they just focus on doing the same old renewal cycles that they've always spent their time on. Yeah,
0: I mean, so I think it's it's very clear when we look at the data and what's going on in the industry that that you know what salespeople do their, their role is changing, mm-hmm. um, how they interact with other resources you know that are in the account changing. Um, but let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about the role of sales in business model transformation. As we watch technology companies pivot from selling on-prem solutions to cloud or managed offers, you and I know that the sales organization can make or break that transition. Let's start with sales as an accelerator of as a service transformation. What do you see happens there?
1: Well, I wish it happened more often. First of all, um, I, I would love to be able to sit here and tell you that sales is often the tip of the spear when it comes to real business model and go to market transformation and. More often, they're dragged along kicking and screaming, but we'll talk about that in a second. But when it becomes critical for a technology company to grow these as-a-service revenue streams, sales can accelerate that by doing some of the following things. First of all, you gotta learn the language of as-a-service and subscription, and you gotta embrace it, okay? Why are these as-a-service offerings more compelling than traditional ones? What's different about how they operate? Because as a service and subscription, and even consumption based models, especially, that's a whole different language for a whole different audience. And a bit of research into this market will show you very quickly why these new models make far more sense for everybody involved, but don't fight it, you got to embrace it. And the second thing you need to learn to embrace is the ability to sell business outcomes. All right, if you're going to be a value broker, then you have to understand how your customers are measured and how your offerings can help them meet their goals. And by the way, you gotta be able to track that and prove it. So you can't just make this stuff up. You gotta build relationships with business buyers. We have spent in the tech industry so much time trying to nurture that relationship with IT, but business buyers, that's where the influence is going. That's who's gonna be writing the checks. And they care not a whit about your whiz bang technical features. They wanna know that your tech is gonna work They want to know how it's going to help them meet their specific objectives. And if you don't understand their world, you will not build that relationship and you will not be able to create value for them. And then finally, speaking of value, you've got to be able to scout those value opportunities. You need to know where are your customers struggling to unlock business value with your solutions? Why? All right, what product and service gaps should your company be closing? And by the way, sales folks, that means that you are going to have to get comfortable with data. We talk about a lean digitally enabled sales force. So data has got to be a big part of that story. And we've written a lot about that on our, on our website, just how data can play a role, not just for the initial sale, but what happens when you've got to try to grow and renew customers too.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And of course, in, in previous, uh, Podcast in this series, we've talked about the importance of, uh, of signal liquidity and, and, and analytics, et cetera. And you're right, that becomes a really important um, arrow in the quiver of, of yeah. the sales force. But, you know, see, unfortunately, we have seen plenty of scenarios where sales is the opposite of an accelerator in the as-a-service transformation. Sales is actually an inhibitor. And so can you describe what happens in that scenario?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, sales can be not just an inhibitor, but they can completely derail the whole thing. And the first way that sales does that is is they'll hold the, the quarter or the year hostage. All right. So the sales organization doesn't invest in the activities or processes required to support this transformation. And of course, the reason they give to the executive leadership is, well, hey, we don't have time. If I focus on this, we might not hit the quarter. We might not hit the year. So they use the urgent as an excuse to put off what's difficult and time-consuming, but necessary. And that's reason number two is they sacrifice long-term account success for short-term deals. Now, sales continues to push these legacy offers, even when the company is trying to migrate customers to the new as-a-service offers. Now, in fairness, sales often gets this whole make-the-number-now pressure from their executive teams, who give lip service to the idea of X as a service transformation, but they're not willing to swallow the fish. And we've talked about that concept where revenues are gonna go down and costs are gonna go up when you make this transition to subscription. And so the executive team say they're willing to make this sacrifice, but really they aren't. And that unwillingness to make that change and swallow the fish flows right on down to the sales team and their KPIs and their comp plans And the change never happens because everybody's so focused on the immediate term. If you're going to make this, you can't hold the year hostage. You can't sacrifice your long-term success just for the short-term number because that short-term gain is going to lead you to missing all sorts of opportunity down the road in the long term by making these changes. But there's a couple other ways too. A lot of times we see people, salespeople obsessing over who owns the account. All right, we just talked about it. In, in, In a subscription world, there cannot be one throat to choke. As we stated, value realization involves solution experts and overlays and customer success managers and a whole host of people in different roles. Sales has got to let go of their control. CSMs and renewal specialists have to be able to do their jobs around adoption and renewal. And each role from the outcome specialist to the renewal specialist is going to play their part. And this is the foundation of TSIA's layer customer engagement framework. The process owns the customer. And then finally, and this is really important, number four, they get blindsided by competitive as a service offerings. So what'll happen is sales reps camp out with their technology buyers. And they don't realize the business buyers within the account are often exploring new, much simpler as-a-service offers. And suddenly the account is lost to a competitor who's got a compelling as-a-service offer because you just decided to leave well enough alone and didn't think you needed to push the migration. And over the past seven years or so, TSA has been hearing from members that sell technology to vertical industries like healthcare providers or financial services or local city governments. And these members have long asserted to us that these buyers are not interested in as-a-service offers. And yet every one of these markets now have as-a-service offers in play. And the as-a-service companies just did a flanking maneuver around those entrenched fortifications. And now they've got more than a foothold.
0: Yeah, I mean, Steve, you put a lot on the table right there. It is clear the role of sales is changing. And as we know, change can be terrifying or change can be exhilarating. From my perspective, the changes you outlined will be exhilarating for sales executives who want to become an even more valuable asset to their customer. So, you know, at TSI, we spend all of our time analyzing industry data and trends. We know a few things for sure, right? Number one, more revenue is shifting to as a service offers, period. Number two, the sales conversation is shifting to outcomes from and and value realization and number three growing successful tech companies right that the halves of the technology industry have as a service offers anchored on value realization those things are all true and so let me target today's big question for all those talented sales executives out there if you want to make money in this industry i believe you have two options number one work for a company that is compelling as a service offers and an enlightened sales model, or number two, help your company transform into a business that has compelling as a service offers and an enlightened sales model. There is no third or fourth option. So which one are you pursuing to make your money? Thanks again for joining us. I look forward to our next episode where I invite Ann McClellan to discuss the role of the channel in taking as a service offers to market.
1: Cheers.